Thanks for tuning in to the Banner Church Podcast, recorded live in sunny Scottsdale, Arizona. For more information, visit banner.church today. Enjoy the message. What a good morning, amen? Amen. It's exciting to be here today and to celebrate. We're going to, before I get to this, but if I don't open this iPad now, it will never get open. There we go. Well, excited to celebrate. Some of you guys may or may not know, this is actually our fifth birthday. Man, five years that we've been in this space. What a five years it has been. The last three have felt like five. So really, in dog years, this is our 100th birthday. Or in church in Scottsdale years, this is our 300th birthday. This is a, we're heading up on a couple centuries here. But we are excited about what God is doing. And so we thought we would have some cake this morning. You guys good for that? Awesome. And one thing that I, I told, uh, good job, Audrey. Look at this, a cake with a five. Can we give it up for Audrey this morning? Awesome. That's a good looking candle. This candle on this cake is nicer than any candle I've ever owned. Like, as, as a man, I've never owned a candle this nice. So that's good. This is the question. Oh, no. We're going to need the Holy Spirit fire here. <laughs> we don't. Look at that. Yes. Nailed it. Good job. Good job. All right. I think we should sing happy birthday. You guys good for that? Yes. You guys good for that? Do you want to start us, Andre? Oh, start. You want to start us off here? What do you think? What do you think? Awesome. You want to blow it out? You can make a wish. Wish for a new building. <laughs> Good job. Wish for anything you want, as long as it's a new building. <laughs> awesome. Well, hey, I, I thought this morning... Uh, we invited a couple of our really good friends from Tonalea. Well, I guess not just Tonalea now. Now it's spread out. Uh, but from the community, just to share with you guys. I know many of you guys give and, and serve, but you don't always get to meet everyone. And so I wanted you guys to meet some of our awesome community partners who spend every day really um, just seeding life into the young people in our city. And I know that matters to so many of you guys, how we care for our families and come alongside families and kids. And so I know both these people have such a heart uh, for the children of our city. So I just wanted uh, to invite up, uh, well, I always say Dr. P, but Dr. David Brzezinski, or sorry, wow, <clears throat> Priniski. Did I get it right? It. Yes, awesome. Priniski and Angelo Lucero. Would you guys come up this morning? Let me move this. Can we give them a round of applause as they come up? You guys could just come all the way up on stage, or you want, can you make it? The tall shoes, you got it? Awesome. Yeah, go ahead, come on up. Who's your buddy? Dave, too? Yeah. Awesome. What's up, bud? How are you doing? He's like, ah, this is a lot. <laughs> awesome. Well, I, I just thought I, I would give you a second because uh, Tanalea especially and, and really you guys, it, mean, it means a lot. And um, just to share kind of who you are and, and, and your relationship or maybe what you've seen Banner do and, and why you think that matters. So, uh, yeah, whoever, who wants to go first? All right. Good morning, everybody. My name is Dave Perniski. Um, School principal currently at Yavapai Elementary here in South Scottsdale. Yavapai is located, um, any Yavapai alum here or no? Um, Yavapai is down on Miller Road in between uh, McDowell and Kellips. So prior to that, I was at uh, Tanalia K-8, uh, former Supai Middle School here in South Scottsdale. And um, 
first off, before I want to say anything, I want to compliment. I'm a musician and a drummer myself, and your band here is incredible. Awesome. Big shout out to the band. Um, I am born and raised. I am homegrown here in Scottsdale, so I uh, went to the schools here, and I'm super proud to serve uh, as a principal here of an elementary school in Scottsdale. My mom taught here for, I don't know, 30 years as well, so... Um, being in Scottsdale, serving in Scottsdale, being part of our Scottsdale community um, is super near and dear to my heart, but I really appreciate you inviting us into your community today just to have a moment of gratefulness um, for what you've done for us. So our partnership started uh, many years ago, probably when you first uh, started here in Scottsdale, and as I was reflecting um, driving in this morning, I remember, just to tell a quick story, um, we were opening up our new uh, pre-K-8 school, and along with Angela Lucero, um, it was probably about 190 degrees outside as we were welcoming our kids back, and Angela's like, let's give um, Banner a quick call and see if we can get some help, and you guys showed up that day with like five coolers of cold water to greet our parents and our kids. That, that's, a, that's when our relationship started. Um, and then from there, um, for those of you that don't know, um, there are needs in our community. So we get the privilege of serving kids who are um, coming from very unique situations. So our buildings, our schools in South Scottsdale, 85257, have on around 40 to 50% of our kids are coming from um, homes that are earning less than 40,000. They qualify for free lunch and free breakfast. So. Everything you guys have done for us, um, not only from the water, but from um, the Christmas toy drives and from everything you've done for our teachers over the years, your coffee shop, hooking up our teachers, bringing us coffee um, and supporting us has just been a huge thing. So from myself, and I know Angela um, has been a big part of the connection too, but from myself and from my staff and from my teachers, my kids, um, our parents in 85257, we give you a big thank you. So thank you. And just to read it, what Dr. P said, um, I am an alumni of SUSD. I went through all of the schools here. And funny story, Dr. P's mom was actually my kindergarten teacher many, many years ago. So we kind of don't leave this area once we come to this. My son now goes to Yavapai, where Dr. P is the principal. So um, our roots are super deep here. And um, it has been such a pleasure and an honor to work with Delaney and Josh and everybody here and the many, many things that we do on our campus. Um, from the teacher side of it, I never want any of my kids to go without, and I will do whatever it takes, even if that's paycheck to paycheck for myself to get them whatever they need, but it is so nice to know that I don't have to do it alone, and that there are people out there that are willing to help me to help my kids, um, and so thank you for being there so that we don't feel like we have to carry it all on our shoulders, but we get the best part of it, because we get to see their faces light up when I'm like, here's a brand new backpack, and they're like, where did that come from? I'm like, oh, I got a whole army behind me. You better believe it. So um, thank you, thank you. And that is just a small glimpse of everything that you have done from the teacher support, the student support, the family support, 
Um, many of our kids are getting to know you and your staff, and it has been so fun to hear them saying, I'm going to youth group on yeah. Wednesday, or I'm going to El Dorado Park to go do you know, this, that, and the other. So it's been so awesome to really, you know, not only have the connection start by you coming to us, but now our kids are coming to you and our families are coming to you. And I think that's the greatest gift of all. So thank you, thank you for all that you do and continue to do. And I was thinking to you on my drive in this morning, I'm like, I don't think Banner has ever said no to anything we've ever asked him. It's always like, okay, hold on, let me think how we can do this. And it always turns out bigger, better, and greater than it ever could have been. So thank you so much for everything you do. And we look forward to working with you throughout the years. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, yeah, thank you guys. Can we just give them one more round of applause? Thank you. I want to really encourage you guys. You know, we, they represent a group of amazing teachers and administrators and people in our community that, that love these kids. And, um, man, it, the more that we engage in that, the more we bless them, right? And, the more, and, and they bless the kids. They bless the future generations. And so we want to be a part of that for our city is investing into the next generation and believing for them. And uh, I want to encourage you, that that's why Kingdom Builders is so important. All the stuff that we're able to do is because someone chose to be generous. They chose to give above and beyond and give to that to a kid that they might never see. But it is crazy how often things kind of come full circle. And now we have a youth ministry. Last night, or on Wednesday, they had 25 kids in our youth ministry. More than 25? How many was it? 28 kids and, you know, however many youth leaders you have. So almost 30 kids who were, who were at youth, and I went down uh, to this little board they have. They did a series called Do Hard Things, and they're trying to inspire this generation to believe more for their life. And they were writing on there, like, pass my classes, right? Like, get A's, be kind to my brother. And I just love that genuineness from kids where it's like kids begin to believe for more. And so our teachers and administrators are doing that every day. And we're so thankful for them. And we want them to know that people care, right? <laughs> that we care, that Banner Church cares. And uh, that's why we have Kingdom Builders. And I, I wanted to celebrate this morning, if that's okay with you guys, if we could celebrate this morning, good? I wanted to celebrate a little bit of what God has done because of your above and beyond generosity. And he's done a lot in five years, but I really wanted to focus on this last year of what the Lord has done through these three areas that make up Kingdom Builders, global missions, local outreach, and then future church expansion. And I want to focus on the global and local for a second. In global outreach, Katie mentioned uh, Dana and Bridget. We support them as our sister church in Thailand, and they're one of the incredible ministries that is getting people out of the red light district, that is teaching people uh, skills and resources to believe for more for their life. Uh, we've supported Feed One and Convoy of Hope as a church. And like Katie mentioned, we support over 20 missionaries, and we touch through this church every continent on earth with the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is pretty amazing. Amen? Amen. Amen. Uh, this includes, we have inner city missionaries and missions teams uh, in the states as well on top of that. And we have, uh, we support ministries called Chi Alpha, which is a student ministry at universities, which if you didn't know, is one of the most crucial times for young people to discover who God made them to be. Amen. All these opportunities. So that, that's our global sense. Right there, that would be a lot, especially for the size church. We're one of the largest missions-giving churches in the Assemblies of God in this state. And uh, in case you didn't know, we're not the largest 
church in the assemblies of God in the state. Uh, but we have a very generous church, and God is reaching the world. And we just believe in the principle. We have a youth ministry because we said, hey, you know what? We're going to seed into youth and believe that he's going to bring youth, and he has. Amen? Amen? So we just keep that principle. I like that one. Uh, but local outreach, we supported OCJ Kids. If you don't know what OCJ Kids is, they equip foster kids and at-risk children. They help especially young people as they begin to age out of foster care ministry. And if you know the statistics on that, you know that that help is, is dramatically needed. So we support, we've supported OCJ Kids. We supported Unite Phoenix. So if you know Unite Phoenix is an organization that is run by our very own Stephen and Nicole Frankie. They come to the church now. And... Uh, we purchased that for them this year a massive trailer that's going to hold 10,000 toys as they not only resource uh, Garfield and uh, Christmas in Garfield, but Christmas all over at schools in the area. Like what we do at, uh, at the schools here, they're doing all over the valley at Title I schools, uh, bringing toys, uh, connecting with community, resourcing people. Uh, we did Christmas in Scottsdale this last year. So, yeah, it was crazy. So not only did we give out hundreds of toys here, but overall between supporting the East Valley Dream Center and the Navajo Reservation, we gave out over 1,000 toys. 1,000 toys, right? Uh, our back to school bash for the past two years, so first year, and then again, we've given out, I think this time it was 250 backpacks, along with, I believe it was 70 haircuts. So we have barbers come in and they cut hair and they get kids looking really fresh and good to go. And then we give away, it was a little different this time because not everybody took backpacks, but we resourced 300 kids and their families who came through here. We just said, take what resources you need. Uh, over the past, year we've done teacher appreciation with our good friends at Tonalea whom we love and we ran the love the block program which uh, ministered weekly to about 140 homes and in that process we saw salvations we saw miraculous healings I mean, we did everything from that team went to people's birthday parties and their funerals we sat with people when they were celebrating we sat with people when they were losing loved ones and passing away but that is a uh, was a profound ministry in that moment. Unfortunately, as the block changes and the neighborhood changes, uh, the ministry, you have to step back and change as well. But I'm excited to talk about what that looks like and what we're launching. I think it's going to blow your mind. But I want to encourage you that last year alone, from Kingdom Builders, $50,000 went out into our community and around the world. As we've seen God move, the other part of Kingdom Builders that we've been believing for is future church expansion. How do we facilitate all of these things? If you've ever gone into the basement of this church, of which there is a basement, it is like full of every supply and like some massive blob of goodness. It is just taking over the youth space slowly every week. And so we said, okay, we need kids' classrooms. How many of you taught a kids' class here? And you're like, oh, my goodness. Like... Like, it's either feast or famine, right? It was either like you and one baby or you and 30 babies. So oh, we need to do sign-ups or something. I don't know what we're going to do for, for kids' class. But uh, it, it's amazing to see how God has begun to grow uh, in young families here at Banner Church, but also in our youth. Like, I don't, I don't, again, you've never been to the basement. You don't know. There's a basement space that extends essentially from this post to the back of the building. 
and, and, and that's about it. And I just want you to visualize 30 high school students in that space plus six leaders. It's a level of chaos that you've probably not experienced. So if you're an anxious person, don't go down there when that's happening. But it's amazing what God's doing, but we want that space for not only that, but for tutoring and equipping. We want the space to equip our community. And so as we've been uh, seeing new people come to faith, we want to disciple them and believe for, for what God's doing. So we have kind of two developments that I want to celebrate with you. One is as we seek to sell this building and purchase another facility, we are currently under contract for for the sale of this building. Yeah, which is awesome. Praise God. I know. It's like, go recession. Uh, <laughs> uh, it got harder to sell things. Anyone notice that? Uh, but, the, uh, but we're believing and praying together for a new facility. Uh, at the same time, though it's not a part of Kingdom Builders, uh, we are, have been believing for Banner Church to be the epicenter of discipleship in the valley as we've really begun to redirect our mission to cultivating healthy relationships with Jesus Christ. We believe that now is a pivotal moment to set up the strong discipleship systems that will equip every believer in their faith, in their workplace, uh, in their home, in their school. And so one of the things we've been working now for over a year is to hire an associate pastor here at Banner Church. And so uh, a good friend of mine, or a friend that I, I, I met actually at the beginning of this, we've become good friends, is a pastor by the name of Barry Sappington. And him and his wife, Candy, are, are from San Diego. They're an incredible uh, on-fire couple. And so we've hired them as our full-time discipleship pastors. Awesome. So uh, I have a little video. I had Barry there, there uh, transitioning from another uh, church over here. So I had him send you a video so you could see them. They're going to be around specifically in December. You can start meeting them. I know that, honestly, they're going to bless your life. They're full of energy and passion and encouragement. So uh, let's play that video real quick if we have it. Ooh. Hey, Bannon Church. I'm Barry. This is my wife, Candy, and our dog, Smokey. And we are so excited to be greeting you this morning. Happy five-year anniversary. We are very, very excited about joining the team at Banner Church. Pastor Josh and Katie, we love you already. We're so excited to get there, begin to put our hands to the plow, and begin to dream about great things that God wants to do in the future. We bless you. Have an amazing day today, celebrating five years. We'll see you soon. God bless. Amen. one you thought they were going to be 25 be honest <laughs> be honest yeah you're welcome <laughs> no we're really excited for them they're an incredible incredible couple i'm believing for what god's gonna do and i just have to say banner church thank you because this past year is possible because of your generosity god is always moving but can i just tell you he loves to move through his people and God uses our generosity and he multiplies it so that even the smallest gift does amazing things. Right? Even the smallest gift at the smallest place does amazing life-changing things. You know, I was in San Francisco a couple years ago and I was serving at, in a ministry that fed the homeless down in the Tenderloin. If, you ever, if you've never been to the Tenderloin, don't. Uh, but <laughs> it was, we were down in the Tenderloin, which is a you know, really rough area. And it's, I mean, it's cool, but it's rough. Um, and we were serving, and we were getting ready to feed homeless people. And so they were lining up to come in. And I was looking at the line, and I was looking at our trays of food. And then I was looking at the line, and 
looking at our trays of food and I'm looking at the leader and the line and the trays and the leader and I'm like, hey man, like I also lead a thing so I know how numbers work and I'm doing the math and I feel terrible if I had to turn someone. And so I'm just looking, I'm like, hey man, what are we going to do? And he says, well, we need to pray that God will multiply it. And I was like, that's your strategy? And he goes, every week. I was like, okay. So here we are with this like stewed chicken dish and we're over there just like praying the fire, like singing fire of God, like worship songs. I've never sang worship over a chicken until that moment. I'm just like, Lord, this crispy chicken, make it multiply. Like I'm just making lyrics up, singing over it, whatever I can do, praying over it, just in the spirit. Someone's over there, you know, firing up the Pentecostal lawnmower, just like, right? They're just, they're ready to go. So people are just praying over it. And uh, the homeless people are coming in and we're feeding them and feeding them and feeding them. And I'm looking at the, 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 the thing he's pulling out, I'm like, surely this is going to end and then we're going to have a fight. I mean, it was already hard enough not to have a fight in that scenario. And there was just like, it was going and going and going. And I'm praying, I'm like, God, multiply, God, multiply. And we get to the end and he goes, okay, now we got to take the extras out and feed who didn't come in. I thought, extras? Can I tell you, that's how the Lord works. That often when we hold it, we're like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait. God is the God of above and beyond. God is the God of, hey, how are we going to feed these 5,000 people? Well, let's take these few loaves and these few fish, and let's have extras to prove a point. That I multiply not just to meet a need, but to exceed it. I multiply not just so people feel seen, but so that they're fed, so that they know abundance. I'm not just going to multiply it so that you can say, oh, that was neat, but oh, that was God. And I learned a principle that day very clearly in my life is that God multiplies what we trust him with. When we engage in the mission of God generously, he multiplies it supernaturally. So today I want to talk really quick about radical generosity. This church, the kingdom, is built by radical generosity. And I want to give you a foundational little phrase here that, that rests, everything that we're going to talk rests on this today. And it's that God is radically generous. You cannot outgive God. That's right. There is no one in the universe more generous than God. I mean, look at creation, right? Look at the bountiful, beautiful, abundant creation we have, right? Even the psalmist in Psalm 19 says, the heavens declare the glory of God. He says, the skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal the knowledge. And that would be enough right there, right? Just creation alone would show the generous bounty of the Lord. And yet God is so generous that he has given his son for us so that he might restore his creation of us. That though we... As humans have sinned, that though man has sinned and tarnished creation, God sent his son to die for his creation. I want to read you a verse today that I believe expresses the generosity of God. It's from Ephesians 2.4. It says, because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. It's by grace you've been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Jesus Christ in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. He says, for it's by grace you've been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God. Amen. Amen. Not by work so that no one can boast. 
For we are God's handiworks, and he's created us in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. This is the foundation. God gave his son to die for you, and he calls you now to greater things beyond what you could ever imagine. Why? Because he loves you. He calls you to greater works that he's prepared for you. Why? Because he loves you. And so now everything that we give is not to earn the love, right? He's already given that to us. It's not to earn a calling. He's already given that to us. It's not to earn a purpose. He's already given that to you. It is to celebrate what he has done. Did you know today that generosity is worship? Our generosity is an overflow of the grace that we've received through Jesus Christ. Our generosity, it is an overflow, an overflowing, an overspilling of the grace that we've received through Jesus Christ. Are you with me on the foundation? That's the most important part. Nothing we earn, just overflowing for what God has done to us. So today I want to look at a radically generous church. If you brought your Bible, jump to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. I'm going to read from verse 1. Paul says this. He's speaking to the church in Corinth, but he's going to talk about another church. He's going to use them as an example. 2 Corinthians verse 8. He says, now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of very severe trial, their, look at these terms, stay with me here, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. We'll come back to that. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. Entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. And they exceeded our expectations, meaning they gave themselves first all to the Lord and then by the will of God also to us. So we urged Titus, just as he had earlier made a beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. But since you excel in everything, in faith and speech and knowledge and complete earnestness and love we've kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. Paul, writing to the church in Corinth, using the church of Macedonia as an example, encourages them, says, man, you excel in many ways, but also may you excel in the grace of giving. That word excel comes from a Greek word that means over and above, means beyond all measure. It's like what I shared, how Jesus not only fills the need of feeding 5,000, but there's over and beyond. There's extra. He goes above and beyond. It's, there, there's a radical level of, of generosity and giving. He says, see that you excel. See that you will go, go above and beyond. Because he kind of gives them five lead measures. If you're in the business world, right, you know what a lead measure is, how we're anticipating what's going to happen, not a follow measure, how we look at what already has happened. But he gives them five lead measures for spiritual maturity. He says faith, speech, knowledge, earnestness, love. These are markers. If you begin to see these, you're beginning to see spiritual maturity. He says, but there's a sixth marker of spiritual maturity, and that's the grace of giving. He says excel in that. Excel implies stretching and growing, right? Excel to, to, to be more than, to be, 
to believe for more than. You might not have heard this before, but I want to encourage you that generosity is part of spiritual maturity. Giving is a spiritual discipline. Generosity is a spiritual principle. Jesus speaks about giving often, and he also speaks about it, and Paul speaks about it as a place we can excel or not excel. Because the reality is if it's part of spiritual maturity, meaning spiritual growth, all growth takes stretching, it takes intention, and it takes commitment, right? right. If you want to be healthier in your physical sense, if you want greater physical maturity, then you have to work out consistently. You have to stretch yourself. You have to set your intent on it, right? It can't just be like one day and then wonder where the muscles are, right? There has to be consistency. There has to be commitment. So sometimes the, the, the journey of spiritual growth can look a certain way. Let, let me give you kind of four markers of spiritual maturity when it comes to giving. Are you still with me? Yeah. Okay, awesome. Let me give you four, four kind of ways that it progresses often in people's life. And you can skip these and you can do whatever you want, but, but these are often how we see it expressed as we grow into maturity. Kind of like, you know, when you're a baby, then you learn to walk and then, you know, uh, you, you learn to talk and so on and so forth. You stop drinking milk, you start eating meat, you know, you're, you, know you get strong, then you get a patchy beard, and then hopefully a full one, and then, you know, moves on from there, right? If you're a guy. <laughs> so the first part would be giving spontaneously. This is just you giving whenever you feel led. Maybe the Lord begins to move on your heart. And you, you find Christ. You're new to Christ. You're new to giving. Uh, you don't necessarily uh, budget this. You're just like, man, I, I feel compelled. I, I drop some money, and I'm giving spontaneously. That, that's usually the beginning of giving for people. And then as they mature, they begin, to, they begin to maybe budget that. They put in margin for generosity. You know what? I don't want my whole budget to go to things I buy. I want to put in margin budget to, to give to others, to bless other people. So that I'm not just like hoarding. I want, I want to give things away. I want to be generous. But from giving spontaneously, often we move into giving consistently. In all growth, consistency beats intensity every day of the week. Yep. Right? I'm doing a challenge uh, with my brother David Barry for 30 days working out consistently because we both moved and we got off the grind hard. Well, I did. I'm not going to speak for him. <laughs> I did. <laughs> And uh, so, like, we're got 30 days, and that is an absolute grind when it's like 10 a.m. and you or 10 p.m. and you've been out all day working, and you come home, you're like, "Well, I got to do it because I don't want him to make fun of me via text message." And uh, <laughs> but it's about consistency, and the same thing here. We encourage people, even if they're not uh, that they're newer to giving. It's like, man, just automate. I'm going to give a little bit amount, you know, a month. We automate. Like, I'm just going to automate. I'm going to give, and I'm going to build that rhythm, right? I'm going to build that habit in my life of being a generous person. The next level, the third one, would be giving proportionately. And now we're going to flush all this out when we talk about giving in the new year. But uh, giving proportionately, this is giving based now off what God has given you. So this is where we see the principle of tithing come into play. The principle of tithing that existed before the law, it's in the law, and exists after the law, is the principle of tithing and tithing unto the Lord. God gives 100%. He asks us to return 10%. And it's not about like this dollar amount, that dollar amount. It's about, am I going to trust God? Am I going to give him my first fruits? Am I going to give him my first fruits? And I'm just going to say as a general principle, you can tell by the fruit of someone's life if they're giving first fruits very often. And you can tell by the fruit that if they're not. And so there's giving proportionately. We say, I'm going to tithe. I'm, not, I'm going to give the 10%. But then there's a, another level called giving radically. Someone say radically. Giving radically, where we begin to give above and beyond. My wife and I, uh, we've always tithed. 
since we were married, we just said, like, no matter how broke we are, we're never going to steal from God. Like, we're just, we're committed to it uh, because I believe that 90% blessed by God is better than 100% blessed by me. I'm not that good at blessing things. So we, we've always done that dead broke, you know, selling, you know, furniture to make more money. So, we, you know, you just got to do what you got to do, right? We made it happen, and God has always blessed that. But from the very beginning, we said, mostly because my wife is the most generous person I've ever met in my life. She said, we're giving generously because I want to I wanna believe for God to move in big ways. So I, I, we're, we're going to give above and beyond. So always we've done that. And I just say that to say, to encourage you to say that there's miracle upon miracle of what God wants to do through our generosity. And it's not because $10, $20, whatever, it doesn't matter. It's that heart that says, God, I'm going to believe for something. And I trust you in everything. Often the, what holds us back from growing in spiritual maturity and giving is not... Uh, trusting money, it's in trusting God. God, I need to be able to trust you in everything. And there's a paradigm shift that begins to happen as believers when we become radically generous. Let me tell you what it is. You stop setting getting goals and you start setting giving goals. You stop thinking, what can my money do for me? And you start thinking, what can I do with the money God has given me? What can I do? How can I bless? Have you ever set a giving goal? What are we going to do? Oh, I'm trying to get this money so that I can get this, so I can go here, so I can buy this. Man, you know what? Some of the most iconic people that I, that I recognize had a shift in their mindset, began to think, how can I give above and beyond? How can I? I mean, there, there's famous fathers who are church fathers who have lived on 10% and tied 90% because they began to see the blessing. But they began to set giving goals. Isn't that crazy? How generous could I be? That's spiritual maturity. Not, God, do I have to? That's spiritual maturity, right? It's, God, what, what can I do? What could you do? What will you do? Radical generosity. The question is, why is the Macedonian church excelling in this way? Because they don't seem to have the material that makes someone excel at being generous. When we think generous church, we think comfortable, rich, big, Right? Sizable, large, we think extraordinarily wealthy. There's those people that, you know, that carry it through. And I know I'm thankful for people who have uh, money and use it to build the kingdom. Thank you. But often when we think generous people, we usually think richer than me and less bills than me. That's usually our, it doesn't matter where you live on a spectrum. You think a generous person should have more money and less bills and responsibilities than you do. Everybody feels this way. Like, I'd be more if I was like them, Right? But here's a church in Macedonia that's facing severe persecution, and here's a church that's not wealthy. He uses the word extreme. Like, that's like an X Games word in the Bible, right? Extreme poverty. Wow, this is extreme, right? Extreme poverty. Think about this combo. Overwhelming joy plus extreme poverty equals rich generosity? That feels like a paradox. It's like, yes, out of their extreme poverty grew wealth? No, grew generosity. They gave as the Lord led them, right? This should give us hope. The radical generosity is not just for a small portion of the population. Anybody can grow and stretch in generosity. Anyone can excel in giving. Like in Luke 21, when Jesus gets, sees the woman who puts the, 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 the two coins in, he says, she gave everything. What does that word mean? Everything. <laughs> That's amazing. And he doesn't say like, well, you know, how are we going to build a new building with that? He doesn't say that. Right. He says, look at her heart. Yes. Look at her heart. Yeah. 
God does something amazing with what the world sees as the least of these. So how do we grow in radical giving so we can excel at it? Look, I'm gonna give, let me give you a couple things real quick. 2 Corinthians 8.5. He says, they gave themselves first of all to the Lord. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord. This is the starting spot. When it sounds like you love her a bunch, right? <laughs> it sounds super cool, right? Imagine that. That would be a very immature relationship, right? That would not be a healthy relationship. It should be more, my love for her should be more than what it limits me from doing to her, from sinning against her, right? My love for her and hers for me should compel and motivate me to greater service for her, greater care for her, greater patience, greater joy, greater celebration, greater generosity towards her. I should want to go above and beyond the baseline level of required legal obedience obedience to my wife church we're the bride of christ christ is our groom and that's a wild terminology but it's important as we understand relationships that he's brought us into relationship by his blood his death and his resurrection and our relationship is more than a baseline just don't sin against him don't cheat on him we're motivated by his love for us and our love for him to greater things not only to fulfill what he commanded but to go above and beyond Jesus says in Matthew, right? You've heard the law say, don't murder. I'm saying, don't lash out in anger against your brother and sister. Love goes beyond. It goes beyond. He said, I, I know you've heard it said this, but this. See, when Christ is first in our life, it's natural to be generous. Why? Because as we respond to a love that goes beyond, we go beyond the baseline. Some, it's time to move beyond the baseline. Jesus told me I couldn't in your faith this morning. You need to go beyond that moment. You need to move out of the master-servant relationship and into the Jesus who calls you his friend relationship. Jesus, what do you need? I got you. Just like if your friend called you on the phone, like, hey, man, I'm struggling. I need help. You know, there's people calling out from our city that are saying, hey, brother, sister, I need help. Because the overflow of grace, if you're writing notes, write this down. The overflow of grace is generosity. The overflow of grace is generosity. It says, see that you also, Paul says in verse 7, see that you also excel in the grace of giving. Isn't that nice? He calls it the grace of giving, not the law of giving. Yeah. See, Paul's very clearly saying, I'm not commanding you to do this. Look what he says in verse 8, if you're still with me in your Bible. He says, I'm not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that through you, through his poverty, might become rich. Like that, he says, I'm not commanding you. He calls it at one point a free will offering. You're giving a free will offering. That's a nod to the Old Testament where after they would give their tithe, they would give above and beyond according to their free will as they were led by the Lord. He says, I want to test your, the sincerity of your love by comparing it with others. Wow. Paul says, radical generosity is an expression of the grace we've received. Here's the reality, church. The choices we make, our speech, our actions, they express what's in our heart, right? Yeah, right. They express what's going on in here. What we say to other people, I, you can't really, well, I didn't really mean it. Like, well, you did. <laughs> you said it. And so at some point, you meant it, right? How we treat others, how we care for them, it, it expresses what's in our heart. It expresses what is in our life. 
And so when our life is full of the grace of God, he says, it's the grace of giving. It should overflow into giving. The, the grace of God does not overflow into hoarding and selfishness. That's a worldly mentality. See, because when you recognize what Christ has done for you, when you remember that person you were before him, and when you fall on your knees and you just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for rescuing me. Thank you, Jesus, for the grace you've given me. Thank you for freeing me. Thank you for lifting me up. Thank you for restoring me. And he says, yes, I love you. I'm with you. Now, if you want, let me show you how you can be a part of that for somebody else. And you say, yes, thank you, Jesus. This is my life. You've given me life. And that's generosity. It's not, well, I feel like I have to do this. Jesus said, it's like, wow, thank you, Jesus. You've rescued me. You've rescued me. It's kind of like if you were drowning in a riptide and being pulled out and sucked away from the shore. And the lifeguard dives in and gets you and pulls you up to the shore, pulls you up to the beach. And he says, listen. You're with me. We're a team now. There's a tragedy happening. People are getting sucked out. They're getting sucked out into the depths. They're getting sucked out into the ocean. Here's what I need you to do. I need you to, I need you to take this, this, uh, this um, a life ring. I need you to take this, this raft. I need you to throw it out to people when you see them. I'm giving you this. I'm entrusting this with you. I'm putting it in your hands. And now I want you to take it and to throw it out to others, to give it to others. And you say, well, it's mine. Like, no, I'm giving it to you. I've rescued you. I've brought you out so that you can throw it out to others, and they can get on, and they can come in, and you can be a part of it, and you can celebrate with them, and now you're going to be like best friends because you saved someone's life. You're going to celebrate. You're going to rejoice. Church, that's, just, that's the church. He says, listen, I've given this to you. And people who have a kingdom mentality say, yes, Lord, thank you for the grace. Let me just hurl this thing out into the depths and say, who's ready to just jump on and be brought into life? It's an overflow. It says, God, thank you. But how many people just hold on and say, this is mine? It doesn't do any good if you hold it. I mean, you can sit in it and have a good time on the beach. Like, look at me. Many people do that. But it's kind of sad. It's not meant to sit on the beach. It's meant to go in the water. It's meant to save people. It's meant to restore people. It's an overflow. Just say, God, I can't help but pour this out. Final point here. In fact, man, you guys can come up. Radical generosity takes commitment. Somebody say commitment. commitment. Here's what I believe about spiritual growth. We grow by making commitments. You want to grow in your relationship? Make a commitment, right? Someone just nudged their boyfriend like, all right, hey, now's your moment. It's been seven years. <laughs> Some of you, if you want to grow in health, right? If you want to grow in health, what does it take? It takes commitment. If you want to grow in your faith, what does it take? It takes commitment. If you want to grow in generosity, it takes commitment. I love in verse 10, if you're still with me on in 2 Corinthians, say amen. amen. It says, and here is my judgment about what is best for you in this matter. Last year you were the first not only to give, but also to have the desire to do so. Look at that. He says, last year you were the first not only to give, but to have the desire. It says, now finish the work so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it according to your means. For the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. Commitments are important. Paul says, make that commitment. I really believe commitments are catalysts. That's what this pledge card is. In fact, if you just grab it, there should be one next to you. If there's not, lift your hand, but grab that. Hold it in your hand. This is what a pledge card represents. It's a commitment. 
It's a catalyst. No one's going to come knocking. And in fact, guests, like, you're off the hook. Just enjoy hearing about what the Lord's doing this morning. This is about each of us discerning, God, what do you want me to do? Here's what I know. You will not accomplish 100% of the goals you do not set. And you will not keep 100% of the commitments you do not make. If you're part of this church family, I just want to invite you. Say, what could God do through the generosity he's calling me to? Can I stretch my faith to meet the opportunity? Can I tell you, church, we have a God-sized vision through Kingdom Builders for year two. We said globally, we support over 20 missionaries around the world, including missionaries on college campuses, specifically across the Southwest. That alone, that's a crucial ministry ground. Locally. You know, we had Love the Block, and it was great to go to these blocks, but we began to pray, God, expand the vision, expand the possibility. So we've launched internally the Banner Care team, but externally we're launching two things this year. One is Banner for the Family, which is in partnership with an organization called AZ-127. We specifically are looking for ways to care for the invisible population in our city. So January 22nd, we're launching Find Your Fit in Foster Care, where we will be, as a church, launching a ministry with foster and adoptive families, uh, respite care, caring for families who, who are fostering, uh, mentoring, so there's going to be opportunities to mentor if you want to mentor uh, kids who are aging out or kids in CASA or different opportunities, professional mentoring. You want to teach a young person how to be uh, financially a business mind and you want to be a part of that in their life. As well as within this ministry, there'll be a family support team, a family resourcing team, which means any foster family that we're paired with, they can come, any mentoring kid, anybody can come and say, hey, I need this, I need help. And there's a team that's going to come around through small groups and support those families and every week every week every week be going out and engaging with many many kids who do not feel seen heard or loved and many families who feel alone and trapped you know there's a reason that during COVID we went from 4,800 foster families to 2,200 foster families there's a reason and we want to change that so that's how we're going to love our, our greater block as well as we're working at the, you'll see towards the end of the year, as we begin to launch an urban outreach uh, intersecting the lives of the homeless and hurting in our city to help a place where they can come in and believe deliverance, life change, and to get them off of the street into facilities that will uh, lead towards restoration, not only in their body, mind, but in their families. This year we're giving, we're upping student scholarships, we're making a change, we're upping student scholarships because we have a group of young people that have never had the experience of God speaking into their life in, in the way we believe they want to, but they cannot afford to go to camps. And so we as a church are going to sponsor uh, kids from our neighborhood to go to camp to engage with what Jesus Christ has for them. We have teacher appreciation where we want to uh, double the amount of schools where we can appreciate and bless our administrators and our teachers. Our Christmas toy outreach is in like a month. <laughs> and so our goal again is to give away a thousand toys to kids, not only in our community, but around the state. We'll have back to school bash next year as a part of that. We'll give away 250 backpacks and then future building expansion. So we've sold this building. You know what that means the next step is? Buying a new building, <laughs> right? <laughs> so as we look for this building, we're looking, looking for it to facilitate a few things. One is to facilitate 
There we go. Thank you. That was very exciting. You were matching my energy. I love you. You were matching my energy. I'm just like running out of breath. <laughs> uh, we want that building to facilitate foster and adoptive ministry, meaning not only resources like uh, uh, storage and resourcing for families, but also classes, parenting classes, uh, tutoring for our, our youth students and our young people to come in, uh, but also a space that can be there so they can come in and be engaged where there's places for mentoring, for counseling, for teaching, these kind of things. So we are desperately looking and believing for that space that we could become the epicenter of discipleship in our community, that we would be known by the people we send, not the people we hold, and that we'd be known by the lives that we impact, not how they're just impacting us. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to take that card, if you would. And as the band's just going to play like this, I, I, I want to invite us to a moment of reflection, if we can. Be honored if you join me in this moment to reflect on these cards as we begin year two. On your card, it probably says two years, but this is the last year of that two-year period. So I want to invite you today, maybe you've never made a step like this, but I want to invite you to take a step of faith. We have people all over, all over the country, people I meet, they invest into it, but I really believe the miracle's in the house. I love when people outside invest, but believe it's in the house, it's in us. And we've seen it. I mean, 50,000 that's gone out already in one year is amazing. Someone today, you just, you need to take a step of faith to grow in your maturity in this way and pledge to Kingdom Builders. And you can just write on there, hey, this is my pledge. One year, we're committing this much, maybe weekly, monthly, annually, whatever it might be. Maybe someone else here, you need to recommit. You made a commitment. You got the high, you're like, oh yeah, we're gonna help, we're gonna reach the city, and, and things fell off for one reason or another. There's no blame, no shame, any of that. This is just a good moment. Moments are important, right? This is a good moment to say, okay, you know what? I'm recommitting. And I would just write it on there, right? Recommitting, or whatever that is. Recommitting, this is what we're believing. Some of you, you've made a commitment and you've stuck with it. And I gotta say, isn't it amazing how good the Lord is? And in fact, I forgot to bring this up. We have these little mugs. This one is for, this is for, this is for the bosses. Where are the bosses at? This is yours, Davis. <laughs> uh, I just want to say thank you. Be because of your generosity, this church right here, God has moved mountains. And I love that. And I think he's got even more planned for us. Here's what I want you to do. I just want you to hold that card. I want to pray over you. We're going to take a moment for the band to play. And just to reflect, maybe speak to your wife and just pray, God, how are you leading me? Let's pray together this morning. <laughs> Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you're good. We thank you that you multiply. So I just pray right now in this moment as we reflect, pray you would speak to our hearts and you would guide our hands that we might stretch ourselves in believing and growing and excelling and giving right now. And that God, you would use the offering from this church to do even more than you did at the beginning. Just take a second. I'm going to invite you just to write that on there. Maybe it's a first-time commitment or you're recommitting or you're already committed. Please write that on there. Just a second. We're going to bring those forward. But I just encourage you to take a moment. My wife and I, were recommitting. We believed together. We committed our $15,000, and we're working through it every week. Just take a moment. Thank you for listening to the Banner Church Podcast. 
We hope this message was impactful for you. Check the episode notes to visit our website, follow us on social media, and subscribe to our podcast. We'll see you again next week.